Welcome to the ProfServe Traction Podcast, dedicated to exploring how professional services and technology businesses break through the ceiling. Here's your host, Steve Prada. Welcome back to our podcast. Uh, the second episode is about how a professional services business is different from all other services businesses and all other businesses, in fact. And there are six areas that I find these uh, professional service firms are really, really different. And I include technology firms here as well in this category from other type of businesses. So what are these things? So the first one, it's much harder, I find, to manage a professional services business from other businesses. Why that is? I believe this is because in a professional service business, you have a lot of highly trained and highly skilled smart people. And they are kind of cats that that hard to hurt. These, these people are, tend to be more autonomous. They are more in charge of their careers. And you really have to be a good leader and a compelling leader to lead these people. So that's one uh, difference. The second difference is that in professional services firms, there are traditional hierarchy structures that you don't always find in other companies. Like when I joined KPMG back in the early 90s, then we had a very rigid hierarchy there. We had the first year auditor, second year, and then you become a, a senior. And I think it was a assistant manager and a manager and then senior manager and partner. So that was the career structure. And it took uh, someone from anywhere between nine to 15 years to become a partner. And people were looking at always progressing in this career structure, which means that when you are a leader of such a firm, it's much harder to to manage these firms and to make changes because people expect the rigidity, they expect the predictability of a career structure. And if you mess around with it too much, then you take away that long-term incentive of someone becoming a partner. So you really want to be careful with that, uh, but that uh, creates some constraints on the manager to make changes there. So that's number two. Number three is the focus on billability of people in a professional service firm. And what that means is that because that's the primary focus, that um, let's make as many people as possible billable, and whoever is not billable is kind of a second-rate citizen, that creates a disincentive for people to step up into leadership roles. I mean, who wants to be a second-rate citizen? Who wants to take the risk that they step out of their professional service role and become a leader and then maybe their skills might might lose some of their, their edge? Or because they are not billing as much, they are seen to be uh, by those professionals who are billing highly to be not as productive. You know, there's a, there's a need to justify the value of the work of the leader. So that can be a real trap and that can become a real disincentive for people to want to become leaders in these firms. And then you end up with these firms with, with no leaders. Everyone is, is just billing. One of my former clients, an accounting firm, they resolved the issue was that they promoted someone who was not on the partner track. That person was more of an operational person. She started in IT and then she got promoted to manager of operations and COO. And eventually they made her kind of the, uh, what we call integrator in entrepreneurial operating system parlance, integrator of the firm. He, uh, she became the person who actually started managing the firm and because she was a very strong personality, uh, she could actually uh, exert power even over tenure partners. So that was a lucky, uh, lucky situation. But in general, it is a big challenge for these firms to create the leaders that they need. 
So that's number three. Number four is the problem of some of these professional service firms, especially legal uh, advisory firms, law firms, that you see that these people are really just a collection of solopreneurs. So everyone is serving their own clients. They are essentially eating what they kill. They, they lend their own clients and they serve their own clients. And yes, they cross sell each other's services and specialties. But essentially, they see themselves as entrepreneurs within um, a cluster of uh, entrepreneurs, like a group, like a network of entrepreneurs. And to manage these people and to actually lead these people and to unify their efforts so that everyone is rowing in the same direction and grow uh, the firm and, and make the decisions for the greater of good of the business, it becomes challenging. So that's, that's the fourth difference, a collection of solopreneurs. Somewhat connected to this is that the ownership of some of these firms is also dispersed. So you have a partnership of partnership structure firm, which is a very common structure for these firms. And then you have all these people owning a piece of the firm. How do you uh, remove someone who may not be in the right role, may not executing the function properly? How do you make changes there when they are the owners? Then you have to bring together an owner's council. And sometimes the owner council is going to override the decisions that the managing partner would be making. So it just creates more complexity. And sometimes when you have a very charismatic leader that will be able to override that complexity, but that's not going to be wired into the coded into the system. So how do you deal with that? That's a challenge. And then number six, which is Somewhat connected to this is what I see. Some firms have too many people around the table, around the leadership. Because people are partners, because people are owners, or because they are high-billing people in the organization and seen as very senior because of that, they cannot be left out of discussions and decisions. So they will be part of the group that makes decisions. But because they are billing all the time, because they are not, they don't have a clear leadership role, they won't have the bandwidth to engage with other parts of the business and to, to really contribute to strategic decisions. So you end up with these talking shops of 10, 12, or sometimes more people where it's going to be really difficult to make decisions. It's going to be really difficult to harvest the ideas of these people. They will all feel that they have to uh, speak, add to the, to the discussion. So you can have this circle of discussions where uh, issues are not really being resolved. So that can be an issue. And whenever we start the journey with a professional services firm on the entrepreneurial operating system, EOS, traction, then one of the first things that we do on a focus day, the first full session together, is to figure out what the real functions, the major functions of that business are, and who are the people who get it, who want it, and who have the capacity to execute on those major functions. And who are the, what are the major roles for each of those functions? So typically you would have a business development function, you would have a delivery function, uh, you would have an administrative function, uh, you can have a finance function. And who are those people who are going to drive those functions? Maybe you have a marketing function as well. So what are the functions? Who are the people who are driving those functions? And how do you harmonize and orchestrate the energies of the key people in the organization so that you are moving the organization forward. You're not just a collection of solopreneurs billing um, $25,000 a month. It's very nice to do that, or $50,000, but how do you harvest the knowledge and energies of these people, and some of them, maybe not all of them, to actually figure out where to take this company next quarter, what's going to be our sales 
and business development strategy? What's going to be your marketing strategy? How are we going to upgrade our technology in this organization? How are we going to upgrade our skills to attract the right kind of talent to this organization? How are we branding ourselves? So what are we doing to move, uh, to raise uh, that ship uh, forward? So these are some ideas about the differences between professional services, businesses and other businesses. And that's it for today. Stay tuned and I'll be back very soon. This was the ProfServe Traction Podcast with Steve Prada. To learn how your professional services or technology business could break through the ceiling with EOS, visit TractionEquity.com.